The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul MacDonald and this week I'm joined by Deepak Gohill and Simon Holdsworth. Good evening, gents. Good evening, guys. Good evening, guys. And uh, I just want to say it's nice to have some sort of guidance instead of the anarchy we had last time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, San Francisco 49ers' momentum finally came to an end in the NFC Championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. In a season where the 49ers had already lost their starting quarterback and their backup quarterback, Brock Purdy, the third-string QB at the start of the season, began his first championship game. After six offensive plays, he left the game with an injury to his right elbow, which we later found out was a complete tear to his ulnar collateral ligament. Step up fourth-string quarterback Josh Johnson. With hopes already dashed with the loss of Purdy, Johnson lasted into the third quarter before himself being sidelined with a concussion after a punishing tackle from Ndomokin Sue, which could well have drawn a rough in the pass penalty, but didn't. Despite not being able to throw the ball, Purdy re-entered the game, but adjustments by the Eagles to shut down the run meant that as well as not being able to move the ball in the air, the 49ers couldn't now move the ball on the ground either. With the team in dire straits, Trent Williams tried to stake his claims as a backup QB by demonstrating his throwing. Unfortunately, he threw Kayvon Wallace and was ejected from the game altogether. The 49ers season ended with a score of 31-7 and an unwanted exclamation mark on the end of a season that had promised so much in spite of the loss of playing personnel that would have rendered other teams to the bottom of their respective divisions. Deepak, as a 49ers fan, how painful was this a loss for you? Um, devastating. For me, it was even worse than losing to the Rams. And, um, you know, as, as soon as Brock Purdy was injured... And uh, as I like to call him, Tragic Johnson showed us what he could do. You knew when Brock Purdy was injured, those two morons in the commentary booth knew, everybody in the stadium knew, the football world watching knew that the game was over. Absolutely, yeah. It was over. And in a way, I think the Eagles, you know, yes, they won the game, blah, 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 but they didn't really play the 49ers, did they? No. Um, was it yourself to put up that they played the hospital team? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just bad luck, you know. Yeah. You can't really blame it on anything other than horrendous bad luck. And uh, and that's what it was. But it, it was there's only so much travesty you can throw at a team before there comes a point where you just don't have it anymore, you know. And we went above and beyond travesty and then to be faced with this you know and and even then perhaps we could have had an opportunity to do something with this game but it was never going to happen once Brock Purdy was gone it wasn't we had to play 100% error-free football to win this game because the margins were that thin without the quarterback yeah, that's it it's over you know it's over completely over. Simon how did you feel as as we were watching the game and it was unfolding in front of you? Sad is probably the overriding uh, thing because it was <sighs> sad and frustrated. I think. I think the frustrated start. The st frustration started for me prior to Brock Purdy getting injured with the mm -hmm. with the with the um, 
Javante Smith catch. And it's like, oh, it's going to be one of those, is it, kind of thing. You know, we've come yeah, all this yeah. way and, you know, we're going to get stiffed again. But then the minute Brock Purdy goes down, for me, that was that that was game over. Um, it made the offense, as you say, one-dimensional. Josh Johnson, how he's got into the NFL, I have no idea. But they were shell-shocked. And, and the fan, as a fan base, and as, as a fan, I was absolutely shell-shocked as well. It was just... It's tough to put into words, and I'm still feeling it now, the fact that it's just what might have been. I think that's the really sad element of it, is that we know we had a good team. I don't particularly think that the Eagles were that good. I think that they were were competitive on the line of scrimmage. But I think we've seen it before. We've seen teams start with us and start, you know, on even on parity on the line of scrimmage. But we grind them down, we beat them down. We did it to Washington, who have got a good defence and a good offensive line. They run the ball well. It was close at half-time, but then we ran away with it in the second half. I just feel that we've been robbed of a, a real challenge. We got robbed of the, a proper decent NFC Championship game, and we yeah, got robbed yeah. of a, a Super Bowl chance. You know, It was inevitable that the defence were going to get frustrated later on down the, down the stretch because of how it had panned out. There's a sense of injustice in it all, and when there's a sense of injustice, people act out, and I think that's what happened. So, I don't put the blame on any particular person. It was just a horrible chain of events that cost us the uh, cost us the game. It was, it was upsetting to watch and to to see to to know what the 49ers have gone through this season. As I say, losing um, losing QB one, losing QB two, and then losing QB three. Like, how much more can the 49ers have to put up with? And like I say, at that point, we knew it was over. The question I want to well, it's not a question, it's really just an observation. <clears throat> you know, the number of times we've gone to advanced stages in the playoffs and lost has largely been, and, and like Simon, I'm not blaming anybody for this particular loss because it's not a player loss. But, the, but we've lost because of quarterback. H- however you want to say it, it's because of quarterback, not necessarily incompetence, mm. not necessarily because of health, but the reason is because of quarterback play. If we had quarterback, we could have won the Super Bowl. We could have won this Vince Lombardi trophy. It was it was in our grasp. Yeah, And I think that's the bit that, you know, CMC was not the missing piece. He was a missing piece. Yeah. Rock Purdy could well be the other missing piece and now we won't know you know we don't know how he's going to come out how he's going to recover if he'll be as good as he was before or he won't be the all the doubt comes back in now you know yeah. and it's rub it out and start all over again which we don't deserve you know we yeah. don't deserve that and i feel terrible for lynch and shanahan who who built this team and acquired the pieces but for this to happen you know the most Wretchedest way to to end our season. Mm. Horrible. Reports have said anywhere between six months and up to a year for Brock Purdy to recover from this, depending on whether the surgery needs is Tommy John surgery or whether it's not quite as serious as that. Either way, it's going to take him a long time to recover, and I you know I, I wouldn't expect to uh, to see him throwing the ball for a long, long time yet. That's 
that's to be dealt with at another time. What will what will this have done to Brock Purdy's confidence? Do you think? Gosh, you've got to bear in mind this kid's never lost a game in the NFL, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the recovery, the injury. There's no good time to have an injury, so you know, let's just get that out the way. With I think in terms of him, uh, he's a young kid. The first thing he wants to do is get better, you know, and. Yeah. and be a hundred percent and and get and get back in it. For the club, their motivations are, are, are different. You know, if if Purdy can continue with his form, he's costing us peanuts. It's going to save a lot of money when it comes to wheeling and dealing and making trades and acquiring players. You know, so for that reason, it's really important that he recovers. You know, it's not on a personal level; it's on a business level, which sounds horrible, but it's absolutely true, though. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I think so to answer your question, I I diverge. What will it do for his confidence? I think he's a professional kid. I think is he's going to want to get out there as soon as possible and get back in it. That's what I think it will do for his confidence. I think mm. that it's unwavering. That that kid is made of a different gravy. Simon, the 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 Forty Nineers are a young squad, but there are some veteran players on there. Do you think that if some of those players go, if some of those players decide to retire or move on, do you think this was our our greatest chance to win the Six Lombardi and it's now gone? Or do you think there is still hope looking forward with the players that we've got and hopefully with the players that we keep? I think I think the answer to this question is I think the fact that the players feel the sense of injustice just as much as us, yeah. and I think that there will be a willingness to run it back. I think there will be the odd casualty. You know, we've got quite a few uh, free agents that not all of them can can stay. You know, there's we've seen mootings that Jimmy Ward might be anchoring for a move. He might be after safety money, when mm. really is he's been kind of relegated to nickel. But that again will depend on whether Tashawn Gibson gets another contract. Um, there's been mootings that, and I hope this isn't true, that Trent Williams might be possibly looking at retirement. Yeah, I'm not going to let him do that. Well, anyway. if, if, if he even moots that deep, we're flying out there and getting chucked about by him yeah, until, no, he, uh, no. until, until, until he signs the paperwork. Beat him into submission. Yeah. Like, going anywhere. We're starting to fund me to pay his salary for the year. Right, yeah, yeah. No, guys, I will never, ever purchase... A jersey of a current player, never. But I would buy his. Mm. I would wear his. Yeah, I mean, I just get this feeling. I mean, you, you, when George Kittle was um, was was asked after the game, you know how it felt, and he said, "What? How to get felt? How to how how would how did it feel getting beat without a quarterback? Pretty shitty." Yeah. And I think that's the general feeling is that they they realised that it that you know the the Eagles didn't beat us fair and square. Yeah. But I think Trent will stay because he knows how close he came to a Super Bowl. Oh, God, if, yeah. If he's God, got yeah. near in him to do it, he knows this is the team that's going and, to get and, and we'll have a fire in our belly from week one next year. I think he knows that. And I think it's his one shot at getting a ring. Has he Has he got a Super Bowl ring? I, no. I don't know. He doesn't no, 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 no. This will be as close as he could ever get to winning it. He's not going to give up when he came so close. I, I, I agree. And, and just touching on the previous question is, my my concern with Brock Purdy is never has ne- will never be his mental strength and his confidence because he's got that in spades and 
you know, almost to a, to a fault of because we've covered. My worry, my worry is physically yeah. that injury isn't is 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 not a you know just a small injury for a quarterback to have. It's it's a it's a it's a big deal. Yeah, and, I mean it's a it's a baseball injury. They well pitchers suffer from it. Yeah, absolutely. Often. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think the one bit of hope we have if he has that Tommy whatever surgery he Tommy does. Johns. With with a baseball player, because their throwing mechanic is very different to a quarterback's mechanic, yeah, the, the injury is the same. It might well be that if he has that surgery, it won't affect him like it would affect a baseball player because uh-huh. with yeah. a baseball player, it's pure rotation and lots of different flexes. With a quarterback motion, it's it's far less because we're not putting different types of spin on the ball and making it drop and curve and bend, you know. So mm. the, the rotation of the that muscle that UCL isn't as demanding. It's far less forgiving for a quarterback. So he's not going to repeatedly be twisting and turning it in different directions. It's going to be more or less a uniform throwing motion. So there, there is that little bit of hope, you know. Um, I mean, personally, I think he should take that surgery, um, that Tommy one, even if it's going to take him a year to recover, because if he does the alternative surgery, it, it perhaps might not heal him. You know, he might he might get re-injure it, or he might need to to have surgery again. You know, if I was if it was me and it happened to me, I would take the one that's going to sort of give me a longer, a better outcome long term than mm. a fifty fifty short term. It's impossible for us to review an alternate version of that game, a game where Brock Purdy was fit right the way through the game, but in the first. Six offensive snaps with what we saw of a fully fit 49ers squad at that up to that point. What what did you see that excited about the 49ers? What did did you think we could have we, we had the wherewithal to win that game based on those first six snaps? But yeah, because it was so early in the game, Paul. You know, yeah. so early in the game, and even post, you know, the the tragic injury to to Brock Purdy. The touchdown Christian McCaffrey scored was a worldly. It was just you'd never think he would break four tackles and take four people down and get yeah, yeah. you know. So <clears throat> it was anybody's game, and you know, NFC Championship games have many twists and many turns that go long after the first six seven plays. You know, but that's why Philadelphia didn't really get to play a football game. They mm. they what how to stop a team without a quarterback. It's, it's yeah. not and some people have argued that well the Green Bay game we just ran the ball we didn't let Jimmy throw the ball but it's different it's not yeah because we were dominating the line of scrimmage we weren't dominating we weren't dominating the line of scrimmage as as much as we would do normally because Philadelphia you know shock horror a a decent team yeah you know they are a good side and I think you can simulate it on Madden do whatever you want but I think all things being equal, you know, uh, with Brock Purdy. the I, I'm not saying we would have won, but I'm saying that the outcome, the score, would have been markedly different. Yeah. I think we'd have worn them down. I really do. Yeah, I do too. I, as, we did, as, as we did right the way through the season, yeah. we, away, we would turn up in the second half and, and run away with the game. Yeah. I'm not saying that this, the score would have been uh, as big, this, this score gap, sorry, would have been as big as it was in those games, but we did have a history through the season of turning the turning the power up in the second half. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, because teams tire because we are yeah. the most physically dominant team in the NFL. Yeah. But not, but 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 not only that. Have, have you? There's a lot of sliding doors moments in the NFL, and in particular in games, in just single games. And if you watch the video of the of the player that Purdy got injured on, yeah, if he releases that ball a split second earlier, and literally a split second earlier, Brandon Ayuk's going in for six. Yeah, you know, on an, on another day, God knows why the NFL can't, couldn't review that. And God knows why, when Javante Smith is running away from the line of scrimmage, uh, sorry, running away from the from the player saying, let's get hankered down quickly and get this playoff. I don't think I've caught that, which is pretty much what he was saying, why there wasn't a challenge flag thrown. But sliding doors, sliding doors. Um, what it did mean is that we became really one-dimensional. We were then having to come up with trick players to try and gain yards, yeah. which... You know, all they did was pack the box and they were just, break, you know, we couldn't block everybody and they were catching us behind the line of scrimmage. And it became a very sad end to the game. A yeah, really, yeah. really sad end to the game. It was a really, really tough watch. You know, even, and credit to this team. I mean, this team have had an amazing season and we'll, we'll, we'll cover that, uh, you know, another day. But even when having Purdy gone down and having Josh Johnson at quarterback, having them uh, turn the ball over, when Christian McCaffrey went in for his touchdown, I still believe that we could win that game mm. because the team has come through so much adversity all year. Yeah. I still believed it. Yeah, yeah. And at the end, that's what had gone. That belief had gone as soon as, you know, as it transpired. Going to, When Josh Johnson dropped that snap, I mean, come on. And we went down 21-7 at halftime. The colour must have drained out of my cheeks. And I knew the game was over and it was a really tough watch. A really, really tough watch. Because after that, it would have been um, Christian Mack or Juice as quarterback. It was Juice, yeah. I think Juice, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, let's give Purdy some credit. You know, the testicular fortitude that he showed to go back in the game, injured as injured as it was. Obviously, they didn't know the the exact. Um, Did you just say testicular injury? fortitude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It wasn't lost on me. Good one. <laughs> no, that's uh, it's one from the old wrestling days, is that? The, yeah. The, the, the common WWE commentators that used to come out with that. Bit of Mick Foley there as well. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, he came back in, he threw two passes when he was in obvious pain. But the yeah. fact that he was willing to get in there and go, do you know what? I can still do it. Because his belief will never have wavered. But... Do you think Brock Purdy coming back in, I, I don't want to say it was past the problem, but it was evident to us all he couldn't throw at that point. Yeah. Philadelphia knew he couldn't throw at that point. So that took our air game away. The, Philadelphia knew they didn't have to defend against the pass anymore, which made their job a whole lot easier on defence. Like you said, pack the box, stop the run. Our game was stopped on two different fronts. We didn't have an air game. We didn't have a ground game anymore. Could we have done anything else? Maybe gone to Juice Check instead, as uh, try try him as good. Oh, Trent Williams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually didn't like seeing Brock go back in, um, just a handoff, and I think he yeah. did a short throw, went like three or four yards in the air to see uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I, I didn't like seeing that, you know, because it was like. Watching, a, you know, Usain Bolt hop in a 100 meters Olympic sprint, you know, it, it was just unpleasant to look at. You yeah, know? yeah. 
that this kid can't do anything except hand this ball off. Yeah. It just made me feel really upset, you know. I'd rather have seen Juice or or C-Mac, you know, get under centre and and have a go. Because if you're going to lose, you might as well lose, you know. It wouldn't have been a humiliation when your first ring running backstroke receiver is your quarterback now, you know. You mentioned before about the game against Green Bay where we just ran the ball. I think the difference between this game and that game was that even though we ran the ball at Green Bay, there was still the threat that we could pass the ball. Yeah. In, yeah. This, in, in this game, there was no threat at all. Yeah. We knew we couldn't pass the ball. They knew we couldn't pass the ball. Blind people knew we couldn't pass the ball. And that... It, it took away the game. It took away our game completely. We didn't have a game plan after that point. There was nothing we could do. No, this, is why, this is why we're running reverses and flick reverses yeah, and exactly, God knows what yeah, else. And, yeah. you know, running around like it's the last play of the game. Yeah. Because we had to try and do something. Yeah. Let's talk about the past that wasn't. Um, it, I'll be honest with you, watching it live, it looked like a pass to me. And the replays that we saw on the on the television, it looked like a pass as well. Until the next play had been played, and we got the alternate angles, and then everyone said, "Oh, that wasn't a pass." What what were your thoughts on that, guys? I've got quite strong opinions on this because at the time I was like you, Paul. I thought, "Well, that's a catch," you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. But if you look at the way Philadelphia behaved after the catch, they wanted to snap that ball as soon as possible. Yeah. It tells you that let's just do this before they challenge it. Now, the thing that made me mad was not the fact that Shani didn't challenge it, okay, but his rationale for not challenging it is that he didn't want to waste the time out. And guess what? He didn't use a single one in that half. Mm. And guess what else? Every time out he's ever used in the first half has been garbage. Yeah, just pure garbage. So this would have been a far more beneficial burn of a timeout if he'd lost it than usual rubbish that he calls, or more often than not, doesn't call. Shani's time management is not good, you know. I've often wondered why teams do not employ a full-time clock manager who's an expert on managing the clock to do that. Because, you know, for Shani to turn around and say, I didn't want to waste the timeout, I'm like, but that's what you always ever do in the first half with a timeout is either waste them or don't take them at all. You know, yeah. no, normally it's taking them to stop delay a game penalties. Yeah, so this was not the time to piss about and be conservative with with a timeout. You know, this no, is. What I think it definitely overvalues first, certainly first half timeouts. Had it been second half, you could you could maybe have an argument because you may need them yeah. for clock management down the stretch. Yeah. But, Sure. Or if it had been the last of three timeouts we'd used two up already, maybe, but we had all three timeouts. But but also, um, guys, do you not feel that there's a certain focus and onus and responsibility on the players as well? Is that Talanoa Hufanga has a really good view of that. Granted, he may not have seen hmm. the ball on the floor. But he got he he for sure saw Javante Smith running past him, going with it, pumping his fist together, saying, "We need to get this playoff." At yeah. which point, you you make a beeline for the sideline, you get the message to the touchline saying, "They're trying to hurry this up, throw the challenge flag." But I think, in his defence, um, Simon Hafunga did quite clearly say that's not a catch. He signalled oh, no. Did he? Catch. 
the catch. Right. Yeah, he did, and Shani didn't see that. But Hafunga would have assumed that the, the sideline would have seen it, you know. But Hafunga definitely just gestured, that's not a catch. He, he, he definitely did do that. And that's what made me even angrier was that not only were Philly, their body language was suggesting that it wasn't a catch because they couldn't wait to snap the ball quick enough. But secondly, you're, when your own players are saying, hang on, that's not a catch, you put those two, two and two together, it's got to be worth a timeout burnt if you, if it doesn't work out the way you want it to. You know, I, I, I agree. But but also, let's not forget that the NFL nerve centre, so to speak, in is it in New York? Yeah. They get yeah. they have all the angles imminently, more or less straight away. They don't rely on TV pictures. They basically get live feed all the time, a bit like VAR do. Yeah. And, you know, there's been times against us where we've had players and they've gone, oh, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. The refs need to blow up because he might not have got that or that might, he might not have got in for a touchdown. We had a touchdown that was given on the field. I think it was, was it last week or the week before? And they and then they kind of stopped. We went to kick the extra point and they went, hang on a minute, we have to have a look at that. He may have just yeah, been yeah. short. Mm. So, I mean, granted, it's a scoring play, but it's still, it's still the same theory if it's not inside the two-minute warning, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. I think. You know, there are a lot of things that we can't blame ourselves for, but I think that's one of those in hindsight that you perhaps can say we should have done that better. You know, yeah. I mean, that didn't necessarily affect the outcome of the game, did it? As much as the the well, injury, but again, no, momentum's sorry. a huge thing in the NFL, isn't it? If, if that if that ball had, if the if the ball had been ruled um, incomplete, uh, not a catch, incomplete, yeah. Um, we would have got the ball back. And yeah, 35 yard line as well, down. good field position. Yeah, yeah it, it was so we would have got the ball back. Yeah, we would completely have swung the momentum back to us. Yeah. And butterfly effect, maybe Brock yeah. Purdy doesn't get clouded. Well, he wouldn't yeah. do. No, he wouldn't do. And they wouldn't have scored, you know. Yeah. And if we'd no. scored then, boom, a touchdown off a turnover in an NFC Championship game. You're cooking yeah. with gas once that yeah, happens. Yeah. Quietens the home crowd down as well. Yeah, compl- especially Philly's crowd, who are really yeah. loud when they're winning. But once they're losing or things not, don't go their way, yeah. they turn on their team something horrible. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst fans in the league. <laughs> By far. So, yeah, so that was that was the game, all told. Um Unfortunately, there's no game to preview. We, we wish there was, but there isn't. It's the end of the 49ers season. Um, over the coming weeks and through the off-season, we have got plenty planned for the Frequency 49 show, including an end-of-season awards show, a season review show, maybe two, because let's face it, we had the season of two halves, and you'll have the opportunity to get to know the people that create this show, both on the air and off the air. So keep an eye out or an ear out for those shows. Um, is there anything you want? You guys want to say to wrap up the uh, to wrap up this episode of the show? I think, in amongst the disappointment, uh, I think all of us are really, really proud of of what this team's been through and and come out of. Because don't forget, when we lost against, you know, Atlanta, Denver, Chicago, you know, we were like, are we even going to make it to point five this season? You know, yeah, yeah we were. Had we not lost one of those games, we would have been the top seed in the NFL. We would have been playing that NFC Championship game at home, not in Philly. Yeah. So uh, I think incredibly proud of this team and how they've got through so much adversity and dead ends and still found a way to, to win. 
and win with, with some gravitas. Nobody wanted to play us in this league. No one. Yeah, it, it's. I think that we've played the best, most complete football in recent memory this year. Yeah. In terms of not being a one-dimensional offense, not you know playing lights out defense, you know, and we've assembled a roster where you think you know you look at. I mean, we haven't really touched on it, but Elijah Elijah Mitchell was a big miss for us yesterday. Yeah. Again, you know, we've assembled a roster that is. Ready to go again next year. You know, there's going to be ins yeah. and outs, but for the most part, if we keep the vast majority of people there, um, other good news is that Bosa has said that it doesn't necessarily need to be the highest played, highest paid defensive end in the league. You know, he wants to stay with the Niners, which is I think fantastic I know, news. I know why that is. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that clip of his brother getting picked on by those Eagles fans. I did. Yes. Does that mean? Does that mean we're going to have Bosa's? Maybe. <laughs> we happen to play Philly next season. We also play Dallas too, which I can't wait for. But yeah, we actually play Philly next season. It's at Levi, isn't it? Yeah, I think it, it is. is. Yes. Those yeah. players, those the, the players will put a marker down in that game. game. You know, and even if we beat them, it's not quite revenge, but you know, a win is still a win in that regular season. Um, we will, we'll yeah. take it. Look at look at what happened with the Rams this year. Yeah, and I think also, like you said, Paul, uh, the, the Simon, sorry, there will be significant outgoings. We've already lost defensive coach, you know, DeMarco Ryan. Um, we, we're going to do a show on that, no doubt, to have a little think about who's going to go, who's going to come, who should we keep and who should we let go. But yeah. I just want to say right now, just please keep Robbie Gould one way or another. Grandpa Gould. <laughs> He's got to stay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 the only thing I was going to say was uh, pretty much the same as you, Deepak, about how how proud I am. There isn't a, I don't think there's another franchise or another team in the league that could have got through that adversity that we had this year. Yeah, completely. Not, not one, not one. Most and, you know, most teams would have collapsed when QB one goes down. Let's face it. Oh yeah. my! Look at look at Baltimore. Yeah, you know, they became a pretty much a dumpster fire once Lamar Jackson came, went down. Um. But you know, out of out of such adversity, great bonds are made, and I think that this team is going to be better for it. They're more together. I mean, I don't know if you've seen, but there was Brian Baldinger, who I really, really enjoy uh, watching his breakdowns, has outed tried to out Javon Kinlaw on a particular play, and Eric Armstead re- replied to him, went, oh, "Hang on a minute, dude, that one's on me. That's not on him." You know, yeah. so they're standing up for each other, and it's a, it's a, it's a great thing to have in a team is that where you you know you're willing to kind of take responsibility for each other and stand up for each other so the future is still bright you know this is just a blip in the, this is just another yet another kick in the proverbials but we will bounce back and we'll come back from it but really another sweet. reason is going to make the next win so much sweeter oh yeah. my god yeah. yeah we've waited a long time really by rights we should have had a minimum of two by now yeah yeah 100% well, thank you as always to everyone involved in getting this show on the air. You all know who you are. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Keep your chins up and keep listening to us uh, throughout the off season. On behalf of Deepak Gohill and Simon Holdsworth, I've been Paul McDonald. You've been the audience. This has been the Frequency 49 show. The quest for six continues. Bye for now. <laughs>